Last One to the Party, the podcast where we check in with someone who's checking out a classic film, long-running TV show, or legendary performer for the very first time. Welcome to this episode of Last One to the Party. We have a special episode this time. We don't have our traditional guest interview format. We're going to answer some emails that we've gotten over the past uh, 25 episodes. So it'll be a little bit of a shorter episode, and we'll just get a glimpse into what our audience is thinking about as it relates to this show. So let's go ahead and jump in. We've got a question from Rumpel Steelskins, who wants to know, how did you get your idea for the show? It was pretty straightforward. Jess and I were, Jess is my wife, and the COVID quarantine had just kicked in, and we were sitting around looking for something to watch and talking about movies or something like that, and she mentioned that she had never seen Beverly Hills Cop. And I was stunned. To me, that's a perennial. That's a classic that everybody has seen and everybody will continue to see. But that's not necessarily the case. I'm older. <laughs> Things fade. Um, so I said, oh, you got to watch Beverly Hills Cop. We had just seen Eddie. I think we had just seen Eddie Murphy on SNL hosting, you know, for the first time in forever and really enjoyed his performance. He was terrific. And so I said, you know, you've got to see this. And as we were starting to figure out, oh, can we watch it tomorrow night, whatever, figuring it out, I said, we should do a podcast about this because there's so many other movies that I thought were perennial, you know, chestnuts that, that people would always watch that she hadn't seen just one after another after another. And I don't bring up these movies just because I'm, you know, a white dude of a certain age and feel like everybody should have seen this movie, that movie, this TV show, so on and so forth. There's some crossover with Jess. She loves Caddyshack. And that's, if ever there was a a white dude of the 80s movie that's that's it Caddyshack is it and Jess has seen that so it seems strange that some of these other movies that fit into that paradigm had slipped past her so we really enjoyed watching that and I hadn't seen it in a long time and it was really fun and then we started making a list of other things to watch and at first the list was predominantly one-sided it was a lot of movies from my younger days my teen years and early 20s years uh, to have her watch that were kind of staples of, you know, guyness, uh, Terminator and uh, Robocop and things like that, as well as other things. But those two spring to mind as, as, as the, the sort of top of the list ones like, how have you never seen this? And she then rightly pointed out, you know, there's movies that she's seen and she likes that I haven't seen. So we started to make a list that, you know, kind of traveled in both directions. And that's one of the reasons why we came to the Patty Lapone episode was because I was, you know, late to that party, uh, especially in reference to other folks who are Broadway aficionados. And I do like some Broadway stuff. We mentioned it in the episode. My Broadway experience is uh, limited and I think probably not great. Godspell being maybe the the least worthy thing that I really enjoyed that was on Broadway. I really like the music, man. I don't know that that holds up as well, but I think the music is still really good in it. And I, and probably the, the jewel in the crown of the Broadway that I like, well, I'm Hamilton now also, obviously and book of Mormon is, was really good. We saw that here in LA, uh, West side story of the older things that I really like. That's probably the jewel in the crown. Cause that's just fantastic music, great lyrics, dancing story. All of it is great. 
but that's how we got to some of those things was, you know, just turning the tables, as it were, sort of. And then, you know, we had some really fun episodes where friends of ours would email us with rebuttals or additions to what we had covered. And we had them on as a special edition episode. So it was nice. Uh, It was really fun to sort of go down that road. And I think as I reflect on it more and more, it seems like it's an undertaking that is um, trying to confirm that the things that were culturally important in my life are not dying away and I'm not becoming completely irrelevant, although it's inevitable. (laughs) And I think as I, you know, happily, I think part of that inevitability is you're at peace with it as you get older and people don't care about the stuff. You know, it's interesting to me that when I was a kid, I liked rock music more than any anything else, really. And I saw Journey in concert probably three or four times. And so I know their albums pretty well, even the ones that predate Steve Perry. And there's a lot of good songs, a lot of songs that are as good as the two or three that have stood the test of time. But there's only those one or two things that sort of continue to go on. And, you know, Journey to me stands out as that example where... I would have thought that Lights would have been the the song that persisted for Journey, but it's not. It's uh, maybe Any Way You Want It and um, Hold On To That Feeling. What's that one? That one. Yeah, whatever that's called. So that's the one that holds, that keeps going. Um, So this was sort of, I think, my desperate attempt to make sure that, you know, uh, my experiences were valid. (laughs) To get deeply, darkly philosophical about it. So, yeah, so that's how we came up with it. You know, the free time during free time, as it were, during COVID quarantine allowed us to dive in and get set up with the stuff that we needed to do the podcast and to dive right in. And the only thing missing now is maybe ad revenue. We got to look into that or maybe a Patreon account. We'll see. Uh, send us an email. Tell tell me what you think I should do. Send an email to last one to the party podcast at gmail.com. Keep this keep this going. Uh, our next email is from Mickey D's Nuts, uh, and he or she wants to know, how do you choose your guests? You know, if you know Jess or I personally, all of our guests are people that we're friends with. And so we just put out feelers for people, you know, hey, have you or people would come up in conversation and I would grab them for the podcast. That's how we got Rebecca Delgado Smith for um, Titanic. That's how... We got Highland Harris for Watermelon Man and Putney Swope and on and on and on. And that's why John Flynn did the rebuttal on Patty Lapone because we know him and he's gracious enough to listen to our podcast. So, yeah. So right now it's all just people we know, which can sometimes make it tough. You know, Jess doesn't always want to be forced to watch some movie or TV show that, you know, we've discovered was a thing that would be a good topic for the podcast. Sometimes she's just tired and wants to zone out and watch that British baking show. And that's fine, but it makes scheduling a little tougher and have to, you know, hustle a little bit. I've tapped Ben Bromfield twice, a good friend of mine, piano player, composer. You know, again, all people I know. And so that that helps to have people you know who are interested in, in doing it. So that's that's how we get the guests. And maybe someday down the road we'll have big shot famous people talking to me about you know the first time they heard Sonny Rollins or something and uh I'll have that you know I'll have that conversation with the Jeff Goldblum although he's probably heard Jeff Jeff Goldblum has heard Sonny Rollins by now 
he's a jazz guy, so he's heard him. So like, you can't be a jazz person and not have heard Sonny Rollins. It's ridiculous. And maybe Rollins will be a more regular guest. And as Desi gets a little older, maybe he'll be a guest on the show and we'll get his take on the Star Wars trilogy as well. Although, oh my gosh, you know, the spoilers will be abundant by then. Rollins won't keep his mouth shut. I'm sure he'll tell him all of the... <laughs> all of the things completely completely prep him for it utterly and totally so we had another question where somebody asked me what my background was uh i started out as a i started as a small boy um my goal was to be a jazz musician i played saxophone since i was in junior high and uh went off to Berkeley College of Music and New England Conservatory and then moved to New York and pursued music. You know, that was my real passion. That was my real focus. And then, um, you know, things happened. And t- 10 years in or so, eight years in living in New York and being frustrated with being bogged down by the day job and the career pursuit and, you know, struggling with keeping music present, I stumbled into seeing improv comedy and fell in love with it and thought, wow, this is great. This is something I could do. And then went into that little cave, that dark realm. And, uh, you know, met a lot of really good people, met my wife there for one. That's the real high point of that whole experience, but made some really good friends in improv and was in a group that was featured pretty prominently at the theater and is featured in the book Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. We're the improv group that he talks to. I always like to point out that he only remembered one person's name and mentions that person by name in the book, and that is the the one blonde woman on the team. <laughs> remembers her. The young, thin blonde woman Malcolm Gladwell remembers. The six foot two white guy with the wavy hair, he didn't remember my name. That's fine, Malcolm. It's okay. It's all right. But yeah, had some good times with Mother, had some really good experiences doing improv, also have some kind of crazy tales to tell of people's dysfunction. I mean, just nuts. So uh, yeah, so then after doing that, for a couple of years, I started taking acting classes and started doing other acting things. Then once we moved out here to Los Angeles, I found myself involved in music more. I'd become friends with Ben Bromfield. He had me playing on couple of projects of his he referred me to other people's projects and then uh kimmy gatewood had me come and play in the paul f tompkins variatopia variet orchestra as it was later dubbed and so i did that i don't know five six times seven times something you know he did a show almost once a month i think and i was on all of them for at least a year so i don't know maybe it was 12 times whatever it was um a whole bunch became friendly with paul and that's great. He's a terrifically enjoyable person to to be around and very funny and very creative and all, you know all, all of those things. And so I found myself playing on little TV scores here and there, little independent movie scores, and it kind of rekindled my interest in music. And so I started practicing more again and playing a weekly jazz gig down at the Varnish. Of course, all of that is on hold with the COVID quarantine. Um, but that's how I come to all of this. And, and, uh, you know, people tell me I'm a good talker. And so I thought I could do a podcast and it seems to be going all right. And I'm having a good time. It's fun. Um, so let's just do one last question. Um, we have one other 
person, Cream Cheese and Roblox, wrote us and asked, uh, why are you doing an email show? And the real reason we're doing this email show is because I didn't have anything lined up for this week. So I had to just figure out a way to do an episode because that's important to me to stay on schedule. And so I had to figure out some gimmick to have an episode to post. And uh, I mean, if you've made it this far in, if you've made it, whatever, 10 minutes, 13 minutes in that we're at, um, God, God bless. Because if you're listening, you probably already know me. And so all of this stuff is boring and you're waiting for something interesting to happen. I really this is the last topic that I'm going to cover um but yeah we did the email show as kind of a you know equivalent of just punting because I didn't have anything lined up and Jess is too stressed about the election tomorrow and so we just thought I thought you know I could fake an email show um I would just come up with three basic questions to ask myself and assume that I could just babble on for a fair amount of time to kind of create a minimum podcast experience and so uh that's what we did so that was our that was our episode so if you want more episodes like this just send us an email to last one to the party podcast at gmail.com so just send an email let us know what you want uh if you want us to get back to the regular sorts of stuff then you know by all means we'll do that too and uh yeah that that pretty much does it for this episode so thanks to the people who wrote in and ask those questions. It was really nice of those people to write in. I appreciate it that they took the time to write those emails for me to answer. And uh, I presume if we still live in a, I presume if we still live in a free society after the election, we'll post another episode <laughs> for your enjoyment that will be more than just me talking into a microphone so if you made it this far into the episode good for you i'm gonna come up with some sort of special imaginary prize for you that you can wear with pride that's it we hope you will join us next time for last one to the party the podcast If you'd like to follow Jessica online, you can find her on Instagram at Jessica underscore Elena underscore Eason. And Elena is E-L-A-I-N-A. Jessica underscore Elena underscore Eason. You can follow me on Instagram at James underscore Eason underscore music. The show is produced and edited by me, James Eason, and the theme music is composed by me, James Eason.